0: Zach, I mean, I know this is probably inappropriate to just start with this, but I'm just kind of craving some pancakes, man. No way. <laughs> are you really? Yeah, I, I just, I like pancakes and waffles. That's not the discussion I'm trying to start here. Mm, but if you had to pick. I think there's pick? a time and place for both. Okay. I, think it's in, I think it's foolish to have to pick. Right. It's like they're very, very similar. If there's you had a pick- difference, they're not the same. People that say that are wrong. That's true. If you had to pick a place to get pancakes right now, what would it be? Denny's. <laughs> okay, so that was a, a softball set up into a story. Yeah, I knew that. I knew where this was going. Seamless transition, <laughs> because obviously Denny's is not our first option. I mean, it's let good. me let me clarify with something about Denny's. Okay, Denny's is you know what you're getting. Home. Okay, no slam against Denny's. We went to Denny's faithfully our freshman year. We did. It was our study faithfully. Spot. You and know the, the old lady's name that yes, was there? Yes, Miss Joanne. Joanne, that's right. She was the manager, <laughs> and then she, like, had to cook, and so she quit. Long story. We're getting caught in the weeds. Don't like, get caught in the weeds again. Anyways, when you go to Denny's, you know that you are getting, well, when you go night. So we always go, at, like, the a.m., yeah. like, late, late shift, whatever. So you know that you're going to get a food in, a hair in your food. Mm-hmm. Um, Your water will not be refilled. Never. The food's, like. You have it's to like, savor your water. Yeah, you do. <laughs> The food's pretty good. It's like, it's not horrible. It's not yeah. like, I'm not like, wow. It's bearable. Right. It's bearable. But the the price is sensational. Oh my gosh. It's so cheap. We'd get like four. Oh, also bad Wi-Fi. Pan- oh, well, I mean, I don't know why we ever went there in the first place. Yeah. And it, it, it all comes back to price. We'd get like four William pancakes for like three bucks. Yes. And we were freshmen. Uh-huh. So... Where the story comes in is later that semester, me and two of our other roommates had an idea to prank some people. We yep. were just in one of those moods. Have you ever been in a mood where you're just like, I need to prank someone? Um, All the time. Yeah. I just need something to laugh at. And so what we did was... We decided – it was during finals week, our first semester of college. So we went to the library, and we created this flyer, and it said Free Denny's in, like, huge – I saw it. Huge letters. Free Denny's with the Denny's logo. And it said un- – under it, it said in smaller letter- letters, with valid DBU student ID. So it seemed legit. Oh, it seemed legit. It was, like, <laughs> with fi- – like come for finals, like pancakes for finals, whatever. Right. Like, like made sense. Right. So we printed about 45 to 50 of these off. So at DBU, there's two different halls, like for guys' dorms. There's Lang and Williams. We lived in Williams, so we're like, let's get the guys at Lang. So we we had kind of a mole on the inside. His name was James. I don't know where he is now. Where Shout is out today? James. Shout out James. Do you know his last name? No, I don't remember. Shout <laughs> out James. But he was literally, he's like, yeah, y'all come in my room. He knows what we're doing. And we hid in there. And when no one was in the hall, we'd go out and start taping up these these flyers. Yeah. And so all throughout the hall, there's flyers that are like, free Denny's with student ID for finals week. Come study at Denny's. And like, that's a normal thing people do. Yeah. They go study at Denny's. And so later that night, oh, we see a a car leave, like a couple cars leave. And we're like, dude, that might be it. And it was a guy named Chris. Yeah. And later we see on- Shout his, out, Chris. Shout out, Chris. <laughs> we know where Chris yeah. is. We won't say it. But- Chris puts on his Snapchat story, just like a rant. You know those, like somebody is just mad. He's mad. Also, He's so mad. just to clarify, I wasn't there for this. I was doing right. something else, that I wasn't a part of the plan. For this is just this. a funny story we'd like yeah, to share. But I, but I was. I've seen the aftermath, and it's funny. It's so funny. He he just starts ranting about Chris. yes, Chris, how much he just is so mad. That they went to Denny's, and Denny's <laughs> turned them down. They took one of the they signs. They even brought the flyer. They brought a flyer and went up to, I'm assuming, Miss Joanne. Miss Joanne. And bless if, her heart. And if you know Miss Joanne, she does not play games. Games is not in her vocabulary. No. She is black and white. And so you, she, they come up. Chris brings this flyer to her and say, we saw this flyer. We'd love to get free pancakes. And she just says no. Just yeah. turns them down. No, they I'm leave. sorry. That's not here. We get a rant. And it was so funny. Well, it was one of my top 5 favorite memories from college. Yeah. I'm sorry you weren't a part of it. I, I mean, hey, we, we have more memories to build. We got a whole semester left. Oh, that's kind of sad. I know. But if you're a college freshman out there, prank, dude. Prank now. Be harmless. Yes. Don't don't, like, don't deface property or steal things or no, 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 no. like do little things like that where it's like there no harm no foul, you know. It was so funny. Right. It's not, it's a moment. And we told him at, y'all told him after. I don't remember that part. Welcome to the Next Generation Leader Podcast, where we believe great leaders are listeners, especially during their youth. Good leaders learn from their successes and mistakes, but great leaders learn from the successes and mistakes of those who go before them. I'm your host, Zach Funderberg, here with my man, Coop. It's me, the pancake and waffle lover equally. I, I could actually eat some pancakes right me now. Me too, though. dude. It's kind of late. That's uh, true. We also just ate, but... We've got a good episode for you, Coop. I'm excited. You sat in on this one. This is a good one. It's a professor at DBU. Her name is Robin Hutchins. Mm. She's a professor of communications, and one of our roommates took her and just could not stop talking Literally. about her class. Like, kind of bugged us to a point yeah. we had to interview <laughs> He's her. like, you have to interview her. It's like, every time I sit in her class, I learn something. He's, I mean, it's like, like I don't know. It's as if like she's the LeBron James of professors. Turns out, she is. Yes. I'm so glad he bugged us. I'm dude. so I, – I agree. This interview is so good. She talked about interpersonal skills, mm-hmm. and it's something that – she had five interpersonal skills she went through, and they are so simple. Yes. And they're so like, yeah, I know that. But it's like, do you do it? Right. If you implement these, you just gain – it's fun. Yes. Like you walk into a room of people you don't know, and you know someone's name you remember something about someone personally you shake people's hands you look them in the eye it's just simple things that she talks about that make a world of difference when yes. you're meeting with people it just it, these this is an opportunity to take out some very practical pieces and implement them like as soon as you finish listening to the podcast. It's it's incredible. It doesn't require any money. It's just a little bit more attention in specific areas that you already interact with every day of your life. Right. This just, it sets people apart. That's what we've noticed Yeah. talking to people is like what sets people apart is the way that they interact with you one-on-one and that's a mark of our generation. Yep. Our generation is known as the i generation, the selfie generation. We're not good at face-to-face contact right. because we're stuck on the screen and we're stuck in the chat rooms and and being able to communicate over social media, over our phone. Right, we're the most connected generation But yet the most anxious. Exactly. And so what this interview does, if you take it and you apply it, it's going to set you apart as you further in your career and you further looking for jobs. Like this is what sets you apart. It's basics that you just cannot forget. You can't miss it. And so remember our first episode, we said, if you listen and implement, success is imminent. And that applies to this one. These are five interpersonal skills that you can apply to your daily life. Here's my interview with Robin Hutchins. Well, Robin, thank you so much for being with us and, and joining us and just letting me ask you some questions and learn from you. But I want you to start by just introducing yourself. Uh, where are you in leadership? What are you up to? And and how did you get here?
1: How did I get here? Well, my name is Robin Hutchins, and I've worked in corporate training for oh, about four or five years. Then I came to DBU, and I've been here almost 10 years. Wow. And I teach introduction to speech and interpersonal skills, and then I teach leadership communication where we learn about technical writing, we also learn about how to give a professional, polished presentation and we talk about interpersonal skills.
0: Mm, that's amazing. Yeah. And and that's what we want to talk about today, is interpersonal skills because it's something that everybody needs and mm-hmm. needs to learn if they want to advance in in the future and want to value people. Mm-hmm. So, first, what's the definition of interpersonal skills? What are they and how do I use them?
1: Okay. The in the textbook definition is the relationship uh, the communication relationship of two people that know each other. Okay. So that would include conversation, nonverbal communication. So that's the textbook version or right. answer to what is interpersonal skills. Okay. But as I share with you in a little bit, to me, it goes a lot deeper than that. Because you talk about relationship, conversation, then you're talking about people.
0: That's perfect. So, and so you've developed five strategies that you, you believe that will help you advance in your interpersonal skills. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about those. So first off, where did these come from? Mm-hmm. What is there an experience or a time in your life where like, man, these five really stick out. Mm-hmm. This is what I need to, to hone in on and, and work on.
1: So, yes, Zach, to all those things. Experience. I've read books. I've watched. I've talked to my CEO friends. So all of those things. Right. And I've just learned over the years what I think are five strategies that will help. And so what I want to submit first or throw out there first is a paradigm shift. And I want to shift from the focus being to getting to going up the company ladder or advancing the company ladder to really the people that mm-hmm. are in your circle. Because I believe that if we value people, then the rest comes. The promotions, the sales, the um, any of those things, they'll just come if we'll value people first.
0: Right. Why do you think it's so hard for even our generation or our culture to value people over the progress of me personally or the corporation?
1: That That is a great question. I was actually thinking about that on the way here. We, and I don't mean just your generation, I mean mine too, right now we are totally bombarded with the me world. I mean, selfies, that's a whole new right. definition. That wasn't even in the dictionary when I was growing up. And then even the the name of the iPhone and the iPad. So we are really in a generation where me is at the center and and or not a generation, we are in a time period, a culture where me is at the center. So this, my five strategies takes me out of the center and it puts people in the center. Mm-hmm. That's and amazing. gives
0: them importance. So. Right, well, I don't want to waste any more time. All right. Let's get into the five strategies. Um, your first one is simply remembering people's name. And this is hard. I know it's hard from experience. We're going to camp, we're going to DBU, you walk into college, you don't know anybody's name. And um But this is so important. Talk about remembering people's names.
1: So I will. And you just shared it from your viewpoint as a student here. So I'll share it from my viewpoint as an instructor here. So I walk into class each semester and I look at the faces of about 20 students. And what you all don't know is about eight of them are ladies with blonde hair and the hair is all styled the same. So there I dive into how am I going to remember the names of these seven or eight different ladies with blonde hair and... So what I have to do is I have to be extremely intentional and it's not just ladies with blonde hair, but there's in some way, everybody kind of looks alike to me and I have to just start right away to learn the name because that's so important. So I want to quote my friend, Diana Boer, who is a communication guru out in the corporate world. And she actually trained me, which is just an incredible other story, but anyway, She gives some suggestions because it's hard for all of us to do that. I mean, there's a few people that just remember names, but not many. So what she suggests is to look for a name tag. So in my classes, I always require a name card. I bring the index cards and I bring the markers and every week they're to put their name card out. And if they forget it, that's fine. I have more index paper and our cardstock and I have more markers. So that's one thing. Diana says to listen to it the first time. So someone says, hello, my name is Zach. And I'll go, Zach, is that right, Zach? And you'll say, yeah, Zach. And so that just helps to plant it in my head. So she says to repeat it. And then she says to try to use it three times within the next three minutes, just in talking. You know, so Zach, how long have you been in school here? So Zach, what's your major? You know, she also says to think of a mnemonic device. So that's what I have to do with all my blonde-headed college girls. I have to think, okay, what am I going to do to remember this name with that one and this name with that one? And then lastly, and this is what I do all the time, what did you say your name is? What you you say your name is? Can you help me remember? I may just do that over and over and over. And, of course, I can blame it on my age.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I can go, you know what? I'm old. I can't remember anything. What's your name? So I just ask. And then I try to use it repeatedly. So it's work. I mean, it's deliberateness. You have to be deliberate about it, but it's worth it. It's right. so worth it because it it you make that person feel special. And then I want to add that Dale Carnegie says that a person's name is the sweetest sound in any language. And Deborah Fine, who wrote the book called The Fine Art of Small Talk, she says it's the single most important rule of conversation. Wow is to use someone's name. So I learn names of everyone. In fact, I had an a x-ray done this morning, and I was visiting with the x-ray technician. So what is your name? Jessica. So Jessica, how long have you been here? You know, Do you have a family? So I, it's a habit. I, I know my waiters and waitresses' names. Anyone that serves me, I know their names. That's
0: amazing. You even got into it a little bit of the, the value. What's the value of learning someone's name? What, is, what does that do for a person? If you're able to call them by their name, not just, hey, right. he, she, it, you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, what's the value of knowing someone's name?
1: It sets them apart to be important. It idea. sets Because have you known people that can just make you feel important? They mm-hmm. walk in the door and they go, hey, Zach, or hey, Cooper, or hey. And you're just like, wow, I feel really important all right. of a sudden. I think that's what it does. It just sets sets them apart and makes them feel important. And that's what we want to do as we value people.
0: That's amazing. I actually have a quick story. My Dude. freshman here at DBU, mm-hmm. I had a professor named Dr. Steve Mullen. And we walk mm-hmm. in, it was my like second class in college. And he starts giving the role on the first day of class. And he doesn't have a sheet in front of him. And he's just calling out names one by one, calling each one of our names. And a kid stops him in the middle and he's like, Dr. Mullen, do you have like a projector behind us? How are you doing this? There's like 75 people in the class. And he looks at him. He's like, no, I've just been praying for you all summer. And I was like, this is where I need to be because he didn't know, he didn't necessarily have the face with the name, yeah. but the fact that he knew everyone's name and was already head of the game and was praying for us all summer Oh wow! just was so amazing oh, and, and just such a blessing to walk into college with that. But I, that was just a quick story mm-hmm. I thought of yeah. in the middle. But do you have anything else on remembering people's names? I
1: don't.
0: No. Great. So second, um, your second <laughs> strategy
1: mm-hmm.
0: is initiate small talk. Mm-hmm. What does this look like? Yeah. What does this mean for you? Yeah.
1: Okay. You know, I want to back up. I want to just back up because there's one point I didn't cover before we ever started. And I believe that the book of Proverbs in the Bible tells us exactly how to value people. And Proverbs 3, 4, and 3, 3 and 4 says, don't let kindness and truth leave you. Bind it around your neck and write it on the tablet of your heart. And here's the thing, you will find favor and good reputation with God and man. I mean, don't we all want that, right. particularly with God, right? So I believe that's what these strategies do. They help us to find favor with God and man. Strategy number two, value others by initiating small talk. So Deborah Fine wrote a book called this, The Fine Art of Small Talk. It is excellent, and I wish I'd have written it. That's how important. I, I mean, really, I it's so that. good. She says that... Uh, Public speaking is a number one fear, but a number two fear is starting a conversation with a stranger. I feel that. Yes. So small talk isn't always with a stranger, and I get that. Small talk's often just with people we may not know as well. But here's the thing about small talk. If you ask people, most people do not like it, and they are not comfortable with it. Mm. So we're asking people to sort of stretch when we have them to, when we suggest introducing small talk as a strategy. So I want to tell you what Deborah Fine does in her book. First of all, she says to take the risk, because when we initiate small talk, we're throwing ourselves out there to either be accepted or rejected. Right. And she says, take the risk. What can you lose? And she says the easiest way to, to initiate small talk is to offer a compliment. Now, just to add to that, Mark Twain says he can live two months on a good compliment. So who of us? could not enjoy a compliment. Right. Even if it's, that's a really cool shirt you have. Um, it's so cool that you go to DBU. Oh, how cool that, you know, you're a cross-country runner. I can't believe somebody can run that far. Something that simple. Or one I often use is on a cold, wintry day, man, I am not excited about this cold weather. I am ready for the spring. How about you? Right. You know totally and then, I am. And they'll say, oh, I love this cold weather. Or, oh, I'm just like you. I'm ready for the spring. And right away, there's a a something that connects us. Mm-hmm. So it can be things just as simple as the weather. And the other important thing about small talk is it is the foundation to a deeper relationship with someone. Right. So, you know, I can't introduce myself to you today and say, so tell me about the dysfunctional family you grew up in. Right. You know, we don't do that. That's not small talk. That's not where we start. But that is where that we start with small talk and we get deeper and deeper. And then we can ask those harder questions to get to know someone. So small talk is necessary and it's a foundation to relationships as much as we might not like it. So I do want to throw out as far as small talk and this might be a given that most of our audience might know, but you really want to avoid religion and politics right. in the initial small talk yeah. discussion, because that usually is such a sensitive topic for most people, but throw it out there, talk about the weather, talk about anything you see, throw out a compliment, make a connection. It's really easy. If someone has uh, something written on their t-shirt and you can right. say, Oh man, are, are, you know, are you a member of this club or do you do that? So it's just worth it. So my word is, Take the risk, jump out there, get it started, and you might be surprised that you can form a deeper relationship with someone. Yeah.
0: And I think it, it comes down to being aware and being cognizant of the little things that you can connect on and ways that you can mm-hmm. connect with people. So I want to put you in a situation. Sure. You're walking into a room. You don't know anybody. Mm-hmm. What is your first move? Where do you look? Where do you go? And then what do you say to the, that person when you get there? What are some entries into small talk conversations?
1: Sure, sure. So, I would probably look first at someone who gives me eye contact. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they look at me, they're in. So I might walk to that person first and just sort of join in and begin with maybe something a surrounding, something about the surround. hey, what are we meeting here for or, or what's what's the what's the topic for today or or what what do you what do you think about um, and maybe throw out some kind of world event going on, not political, but some kind of world event or right. something. Or, you know, always can go back to the weather. Man, it is so cold out there. I'm so glad to be inside. How about you? Um, just something along those lines, and it, it really depends. You know, you've got some extroverts out there, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute, but they'll jump in and start talking, and you're good to go. Right. You come across an introvert, they're a little less likely to join in. They would prefer to just listen and let you do the talking, right? And so, it sort of depends on which, which one you, you end up visiting with, but it's always worth the risk. Always.
0: And when you enter one of those conversations, mm -hmm. what do you do or what are some practical steps to take to make someone feel Mm -hmm. comfortable or make them feel like you're listening to them or you're, um, you're, you know them, or you're just making them feel comfortable with you.
1: You know, I don't have my phone out. Okay. I keep that put away and as oftentimes as I can on vibrate and then, and. And this is going to sound really like a, this is going to sound really crazy, but I wear a Fitbit that connects to my phone so I can tell if somebody needs me without even being near my phone. And that's a good thing. That way I can just keep it away and I don't ever have to pull it out. Right. So I might actually, real carefully, if it's a, another female, I might put my hand up on her shoulder just very casually. I know these days we have to be careful about these kind of things, but if it was, a girl that seemed to be warm toward me, I might put my arm up on her shoulder or just say, hey, how's it going? Look her in the eye and so glad you're here today. You can always say that. So glad you're here today. It's good to see you today. Look them in the eye and smile and and you can just bring people in that way. And, you know, there's very few people that will turn that away. Very few. Yeah. So it usually works.
0: Well, That's amazing. Okay. So on to the third strategy. Okay is listen simply listen so what does this look like um what are some practical steps in the strategy of just listen
1: you know you can you can listen to you can listen you can hear the word listen and you can go well this this is so simple this is no big deal well the listening i'm talking about is it's a little deeper so the listening i'm talking about is really listening And when that person's talking, you're putting yourself in his or her shoes and you're listening to what they're going through and you're looking them in the eye. And again, the phone's put away and you're giving them your full attention and what you're not doing or what I'm not doing or trying not to do is thinking about what, what I'm going to say next. So to truly listen, I need to be just giving them a hundred percent. And not thinking about, well, how am I going to answer this? What am I going to say? What am I going to do? What am I going to say? And I'll give you an an example of an experience. So I used to work as a high school guidance counselor. And so I had the name counselor in my title. And I'm not a counselor. I wouldn't even be a good one. Mm -hmm. Don't want to be one. I wouldn't be a good one. But because that name was part of my title, oftentimes moms or dads would stop into my office and they would share with me just heart wrenching things going on in their family, like maybe um, rebellious teenagers, or maybe they're on the brink of divorce. I mean, something, Zach, that would rip your heart out. And I'm just listening. And I remember for the first few years, it was exhausting. It just broke my heart. I was trying to go, I, What can I do to make this better? How can I help you? And I'm thinking, What am I going to say? How am I going to? I mean, all I can do is change a schedule. You know, I can put their child in a different English class, right? But I can't fix a marriage or a a rebellious teenager. So finally, after several years, I was just emotionally exhausted because I couldn't fix their problems. And so just out of exhaustion, I sat and listened. And so what I learned was, I'm a slow learner, I guess. So what I learned was, after I listened completely and intently, and maybe even shed a tear with them, you know, prayed with them, and just hurt with them. And at the end of the conversation, they'd get up and give me a hug and walk out. And they'd thank me over and over. And I'd think, well, I hadn't done anything. What did I do? I mean, I didn't do anything. I can't fix this. But I just listened to them. And that was all that I did. And so I learned from that that sometimes people just need to talk it out, process it, have someone ache with them. And, and then they're so thankful. I mean, they're, they're good. They feel better. Right. So listening really is important. And, and here's a word to the extroverts out there. We really have to be quiet. So extroverts get so excited about being around people that their mouth starts talking. I mean, if you're one, you understand. And so what happens is, you know, the people start coming around and the extrovert just starts talking because just out of high energy and excitement. But we have to learn to be quiet and listen. And I have several close friends that are introverts and we go to lunch and all the way to lunch, I'll tell myself, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. So I'll get there and my friends, they'll just let me talk. They're great with it. And so finally, after a few minutes, I'll say, all right, well, I'm done. It's your turn to talk. Oh, I don't want to talk about myself. No, no, I'm done. It's your turn to talk. My turn to listen. So I have to be really deliberate, but it's so worth it. It is so worth it.
0: Yeah. How do you pay attention or know or learn when to speak? There's a lot of times like I've got something to say here, but maybe it's not the right time. Say going back to the example from when you're a high school counselor, say this isn't, I know what to say here. I know what to say to fix your situation, but it may not be the right time to say it. How do you find that out or how do you figure that out?
1: boy I don't know that I do that perfectly in any any way but I feel like Zach as long as they want to talk I need to be quiet and then if it comes around to so what do you think I should do then I might have a response and my response might be I don't know what you should do maybe nothing now maybe something I don't know yet or if I have any thoughts or advice I might share it then, but I feel like as long as they're talking, then I just need to be quiet and just let them, sometimes they'll come to the answer on their own. That's amazing. Last
0: thing on listen, talk about eye contact, how eye contact. And a lot of times for me, I'm in the room and I'm talking to someone and this person isn't looking at me. They're maybe looking at the next person that they could talk to. And it honestly just makes me feel less valued Mm -hmm. in, in that situation or in that conversation. So, speak into the importance of eye contact and making that person feel like you're listening to them.
1: So I'll, I'll talk on the receiving end of that. So, and I mean this in a joking way, but to make a point. So my husband was one of the last ones to get an iPhone. He had a flip phone for years. Well, finally his flip phone just died. So he got an iPhone and I say that a lot changed then. Yeah. Oh, I (laughs) bet. Oh yes. So now he, 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 Enjoys fantasy football. And of course, he has the fantasy football app on his phone, which means that he spends a lot of his day checking the fantasy football league and, you know, who's up to, to be drafted or whatever the uh, words are.
0: Totally.
1: Yes. We, so you understand. You understand yeah, what I'm we, talking we about. Who's you're, on you're the hit, waiver wire? Yeah, uh,
0: you're hitting our heart yeah, deep here.
1: Yeah. See, I thought so. Yes. So I often joke with him and I say, okay, it's time to put fantasy football away because because I want him to look at me, right? And so it's a joke between us. He totally gets it. But but we don't feel like, I think I can speak for all of us, if we're not being looked at, we don't feel like we're being listened to. And it doesn't matter if the person says, oh, I'm listening, I'm listening, and looking down, I'm listening. No, we have to have the eye contact. We have right. to. And And I have to say, you know, when I say that to my husband, he's great. And he listens especially especially if I tell him this is important, you need to listen, mm-hmm. you know, and he'll he gets it but but you really can't give someone your full attention, value them, value them without looking at them, or at least make them feel valued, I should say, right.
0: It all goes back to looking at that person rather than looking at yourself in this me culture or the yeah. iPhone or,
1: mm-hmm. or anything like that.
0: It, it values people when you look at them, and mm-hmm. it shows them that you're genuinely listening. It does. And I love that so much. Okay, on to four. The fourth strategy is find out about that person's interests or find out about the interests of others. How can we do this well? How can we make those connections? How can we How can we look deeper than just the surface level of a person and find out what they're interested in, what makes them tick? And uh, what they love to do?
1: Well, I'll tell you, Zach, it's like a, it's kind of like solving a mystery. You have to just dig and dig and dig until you find it. So I wanna give you a couple of examples from scripture of what it tells us to do. But Conver- uh, Colossians 4 6 says that our conversation is to be seasoned with salt. And Philippians says, do nothing from selfishness. But with humility, regard others as more important than yourself. And here's the key. Don't just look to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. And how do you do that? Well, you season your conversation with salt, in my opinion, by looking to their interests and talking about them. So here's the thing. I really find this so fun. I do. So let me me give a few quotes really quickly first. Bill Carruth says, the secret to being interesting is to be interested. Croconile says, talk to anyone about himself and he will listen without interrupting. And Albert McGinnis in his book, The Friendship Factor says, have the attitude of tell me more. So we do that with our verbal and nonverbal language. So tell me more is, is the inviting nonverbal, you know, look at me leaning forward. I'm looking at you, I'm leaning forward. But the not the the not tell me more attitude is standing back looking at your phone and that kind of thing so there's that's a nonverbal behavior the tell me more unless and obviously you can say oh really tell me more of course you can do that but but listening to others so here's the thing that I so enjoy about this topic so you can talk to people about different topics and it's just like oh cool yeah right no big deal. But you get on a topic that they enjoy and they just start talking. So I could probably throw out the topic fantasy football and you guys could just chat away about this. That's right. You know, so I think that is so much fun getting people to talk about what they're interested in. So what do I do? Well, I ask questions. So here's what you don't do. And I like to give this example. A friend of mine has a four-year-old and I remember visiting with the four-year-old and I said, so uh, John, what is it that you did? I said, did you play outside today at preschool? Yes. Did you play with your friends? Yes. Oh, did you have lunch too? Yes. And I actually went home and told my husband, I said, you know, he doesn't have very many verbal skills for a four-year-old. And then it hit me it really wasn't him. It was the questions I was asking. I was asking yes, no questions. So to get people talking, we have to ask more open-ended questions. Like, who did you play with? What did you play with? What what did you play on at recess? What did you have for lunch? Not yes, no questions. Right. So we have to dig a little deeper. So obviously, we don't want to dive in and be nosy, right, and be inappropriate. We can read people's body language to know, when we need to stop asking questions or stop Maybe with the appearance of being uh, nosy or something. But generally speaking, if you ask a few questions, you can see people perk up and and they'll start chatting. And it's just so fun to watch. I just feel like I've opened up a present when I've done that. Right. So, for, and you know, you can look at people's ages and sort of guest topics, you know, to visit about. So, someone that would be, you know, 20 ish, I would say, well, cool. What do you do for a job? And are you in school? And oh, well, what's your major? And well, what do you plan to do with that? Or do you know yet? Or, you know, someone a little older, I might say, Oh, are you married? Do you have a family? And I always love hearing about people's jobs. So I always ask about that. And then you might look at someone my age and say, Oh, do you have grandkids? Uh, have you retired yet? Or um, do you travel a lot? Or, and, or what do you do for a hobby? That's usually a win win. What do you do for a hobby? I mean, if you can get me on talking about my grandkids, my family, my job here at DBU, this sounds really crazy, but rock climbing, I love to rock climb. Really? I know that sounds crazy. That's I know. Amazing. I, it it really is amazing and <laughs> I love it. So you get me talking about those things and I'll just chat away with you. Other things, I just don't know anything about and I probably would just smile and say and just not say much cuz I just don't know anything about them, but Anyway, you just get that person on that topic and they'll just chat away and it just totally opens up, from takes you from small talk to conversation, which is really what you want to do. And one more thing about that, Deborah Mm -hmm. Fine says in her book, your mission is to get them to talk about themselves. Mm -hmm. And that is such a way to value people.
0: That's amazing. And it's something so little as... Switching from yes to no questions to open-ended questions. It's something that we know, but we don't realize. And when you put it to words, it really Mm -hmm. hit me. I was like, I'm asking the wrong questions. Mm -hmm. Like I'm saying, I need to ask more questions. I need to listen more, but it's really, I need to ask the right questions and listen. more. Mm -hmm. And I think that is so huge, but also in there, talk about other, what are the most important nonverbals that we can give someone that tell them and make sure they know that we're listening to them?
1: asking them questions in the middle of their excitement, telling you about their topic. Like if you and I were discussing fantasy football, I'd know very little about it, but I'd know enough to say, oh, are you the manager of your league or or right. is somebody else? Are you part of the league? Or how many leagues are you in? I mean, right. my husband's in several, so mm-hmm. he likes it so much. So I would just take I would just take a connector off of something you've said, or I'd maybe connect with something you've said and just take a question out of that to show my interest. Definitely, you know, perk up, smile, nod your head yes, like you're listening. That's a tell me more look right there is nodding your head yes, and and smiling and sharing the excitement with that person of the topic that they're talking about. Yeah, so that's
0: that's great. And you even mentioned it uh, a a huge nonverbal that we can use is smiling, and that's Mm -hmm. your fifth strategy. That's how that's how you end these five is just to simply smile. It's so simple, but talk about the importance of smiling.
1: It is incredible. So I take this from Zig Ziglar in one of his books. He says that Yale researchers actually studied a person's most powerful influence. And they came up with that it's not your your business casual dress. It's not your car. It's not your degree or your education or your knowledge. It's your smile. Isn't that incredible? It is incredible. And I love it because we all have that, and it's free. We don't even have to go buy yeah. it. Yeah, Isn't that yeah. great? And and what's so cool about all of these is that anyone can do them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm five one. I am never ever going to be able to slam dunk a basketball. Right. I mean, I could practice. Well, day don't and don't night. dream
0: too small. Well, maybe know.
1: I I might have to give it a try. I don't know, but I doubt that it's going to happen. But anyone can do this. Right. Anyone. I mean, it it takes work, but it it does set people apart in a great way.
0: That's amazing. So we have knowing people's name, initiating small talk, listening, finding out the interests of others, and simply smiling. Um, how do we grow in these? How, once we, we've heard them, we know them, we're processing them, how do we live them out? How do we do this better? How do we grow in developing our interpersonal skills?
1: So... You know, it's the word that's not so fun, but it takes practice. And I'll tell you what I used to do with our sons when they were growing up, and it's a strategy that any of us can do. And and I'd, I don't have to do this now because I've done this so long that it's natural for me. But when our sons were about 10 years old, and I, know, I knew even then the importance of, of strong interpersonal skills or making people feel valued, And so we would head off to church in the mornings on Sunday and I would say, okay, so you need to think of three people that you're going to smile at today and ask them how they're doing and use their name. Three people you know. It doesn't have to be any you don't know. Three people you know. I'd say, well, who's that going to be? Who are you going to smile at? Who do you think you're going to see? And who are you going to smile at and say hello to and use their name? Like, Hi, Mr. Claude. That was one of their Sunday school teachers, or Hi, Mr. Thornton, or Hi, Mr. Bob, or Hi, you know, who are you going to say, Hi, Mr. Bob? And how are you? I mean, when are you going to say that today? You're going to say, Hi, Mr. Bob. How are you doing? Right. And so they'd think about it and think about it. And so then, what would I do after church? We'd get in the car and I'd say, Okay, did you say your hellos? Smile and ask how they're doing. So we we just practiced it. And at that age, you know. They, it, it didn't bother them because they, it wasn't a big deal to them. They just knew they needed to do it. And so I did that all through their high school, junior high, and high school years. We practiced shaking hands and smiling when you meet somebody. We practiced that at home. So, you know, you, you don't have to practice that. And in, in the audience, y'all are beyond obviously being 10 year olds that have to learn how to shake hands and that kind of thing. But just in your mind, Think about, anticipate who you're going to see in a day, and then think about how you can go a little bit deeper with that person yeah. and learn more about them through the small talk, through conversation.
0: Absolutely. That's amazing. You do you just, have any other stories uh, that you can think of of where one of these interpersonal skills has played a, a huge impact in someone's life?
1: Well, I can. I actually can yeah. tell you a story. So. Many years ago, I went to work for a, a private school, and it was the first year that it was open, and we were busy. I cannot even tell you all the details of what it takes to open up a new private school. We were busy. We were enrolling people, ordering textbooks. The staff gets hired. I'm hired. I work in the office, and then there's an education. The teachers are hired as well. We are thrown together to work together. Many of us did not know each other at all. And I remember one of the teachers being just, I heard she was awesome, great. But I'll tell you, every side of her I saw was not. She was direct. She did not smile much. She was kind of a a bigger built woman, a little intimidating, and seemed to have just a direct, gruff voice. And I remember thinking, I don't get it. I don't get I didn't say this. You understand. Right, I thought to right, myself, right. I'm not seeing what's great about her. So, over the semester, you know, we're all still working together, and and we didn't have time to get to go do team building things together and all that 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 we get to do these days. We were just too busy. So I didn't get to know her until one afternoon, probably after about six months of working together, we're both in the teachers' lounge, and she comes in. So I just kind of, I mean, to avoid awkwardness, right? I just say, "Well, how's it going? How's it going?" She goes, "Oh fine." And somehow, I don't remember the exact questions Zach that I asked her that got us from point A to point B to point C. I don't remember all that, but somehow in that conversation, I learned about how she came to know the Lord in her earlier younger years, and how she had watched her brother drown in a river. And she shared with me about her life and how she, you know, had become a believer and and loved the Lord and and the wall that I had put between us totally went down, and we ended up after that day being really good friends, and so I went from the beginning of the school year thinking. I don't get what's great about this lady. I'm a little intimidated. She seems kind of mean. You know, she, I don't know about this. And to the end of the year going, hey, she's one of my best buddies and I'll take a bullet for her. But it all started with, well, how's it going? How's your afternoon going? To a little deeper, a little deeper, a little deeper. I, I'm not kidding. Within an hour, we went from like acquaintances to close friends. It it was incredible.
0: That's amazing. And, mm-hmm. and you're on the same team too. And you got to know that behind every face is a story and in order to make a connection and to build a relationship with someone, you got to know their story and you got to ask questions. And each one of these, these interpersonal skills gives you tools to do that and to build the team. Cause that's when the company gets better. Cause when mm-hmm. one person connects with another person, they, they build a deep relationship, the team gets better mm-hmm. as a whole. So awesome. thank you so much for these five mm-hmm. tools that we can put it on in our tool belt to learn about people and get to know people. One final question. If you were to go back and talk to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell that person? What bit of advice would you give to the 20-year-old listening to this as they look forward to leadership?
1: Well, that is a great question, Zach, and certainly some food for thought. So these five things I share, I probably did not do well when I was 20 years old because I was distracted and busy with life. And truthfully, I didn't I feel sure I didn't value people then like I should have and like I do now. So what I would tell my 20-year-old self is to take myself out of the middle of that circle because I was clearly there, take myself out and put people in. And not for the purpose of climbing the company ladder or getting more sales, but because it's the right thing to do because they, they are... I mean, people are created in God's image. Each one is very different. Some we connect more with than others, but God created every one of us in his image. And I would tell myself to slow down, um, get to know people, particularly people that are different than me, um, learn about them, their background, it, and open up that understanding. And that takes away being less critical and uh, or makes me less critical and less judgmental. And and helps me to see life from their point of view. And so I guess to sum that up, I would say take myself out of the middle of my life circle and put other people in it and, and, and be very deliberate about valuing them.
0: That's amazing. Thank you so much for that just call to action, just to get mm-hmm. to know people. There's people all around you. If you're listening to this, there's someone next to you. There's someone around you that you can get to know, that you can build a relationship with. And these are five strategies to do so. So do it. It'll, it'll, and it's fun. That's what I've realized too. Is like once you start talking to people when you're in line or whether you're um, at the store, it's just fun. And people want to yeah. be talked to. They want to talk about themselves. Yeah. But, Mrs. Robin, thank you so much for uh, for your the gift of time and for being here today. we we'll, we appreciate it more than you know. Well,
1: thank you for having me. Thanks.
0: Hey, Zach here. One more thing before you leave. I want to give a huge shout out to the Vasco Band for providing music for this podcast. You can find them on Apple Music. You can find them on Spotify, Amazon Prime Music, wherever you find your music. The Vasco Band. Go check them out.